Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business Indaba podcast. We are the voice of African family business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies. And my name is Susan Tendi. And I am Nika Amani. And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. Hi everyone and welcome to African Family Firms Phoenix Conference um, celebrating and championing women in family business. We've got One Oreng here to share more on her journey as a female founder. Um, welcome One, over to you. Thank you so much and thank you for this opportunity to engage with you today. It truly is a privilege. Um, as mentioned, my name is One Oreng. I am a business owner based in Khabarone, Botswana. Um, my businesses take two on approaches, the first being professional services, uh, basically in the marketing consultancy sector, as well as the second one being an ICT company um, that focuses on a services or software model for document capturing. Um, a bit of my background is that I have about t- over 10 years experience in the marketing field, uh, mostly acquired from the corporate s- sector. And until quite recently, um, in 2020, that's when I ventured into um, entrepreneurship space. Um, what really should feel like a two-year journey, because this is my second year, is feeling more like a 10-year journey and is partly attributed to the mental um, anguish that has been associated with COVID-19 and having to pivot um, various business lines um, and how we do the way of doing business. But I will talk to you about that in detail. So when 2020 approached, um, I went in optimistic um, with the idea that I'm ready to take on the world, I'm ready to do this, um, with little knowledge of knowing that the world will literally come to a standstill. Um, And that's how my journey has been going and it's still going through the the pandemic at the moment. Um, But back to 2020 when COVID hit, um, in January, uh, things were pretty okay that year. Um, we started the year any other way you would start the year. And Botswana is very uh, much still traditional in its way of doing business. And traditional, I mean that you need to have a physical um, physical contact with your client in terms of seeing them. As much as we do have our call calling and emails and all that, most some corporations, if not most, have not really adopted that culture of getting back to you sooner. So because time is money, um, that part of the traditional legs still remain pretty much open. So while that was the strategy, um, just when COVID hit and it hit us in March, you literally went from conversations that you were having in January, February, where you were planning um, campaigns with your clients and they were happy to see things roll out a certain type of way um, to literally March hitting. And there's suddenly something called a state of emergency and we don't know what's happening. All we know is that we're confined to the house. There's limited movements. The movements that can be made are the movements that are made by um, what they call essential workers at the time. So um, you went from one day to having been close to business in terms of prospect to nothing happening at all on the ground. Um, And this caused a lot of frustration on the ground because you then spent majority of your whole year looking into business, going into business, leveraging on the skill that I had. And my skill at the time is just a marketing skill. So I went into business leveraging on that skill alone. Um, And you go to having conversations from company to company where you hear that 
there's either marketing budget cuts or there are not marketing budget cuts, but we see that um, the budgets have been aligned now to COVID funds or to COVID relief or to something to do with COVID in terms of donation. So to be a marketer in that space was really kind of difficult um, to pivot against. But um, it was also during that time, and I think it was around September time um, of the same year in 2020 that I realized that, you know what, um, much as this is going on, you need to meet people halfway. Um, we're all in the business of trying to figure out what's happening right now. And as a first time business starter, um, I need to get my portfolio out there um, to a certain degree. And that's when I developed something called the COVID um, pack. It was basically a COVID marketing pack. And what brought this about was that during that time, uh, the ICT companies, especially, were reporting really great um, sales targets in terms of meeting their annual targets, in terms of their profits and all that. And that was attributed to the fact that a lot of people were spending a lot of their time online. So by virtue of spending a lot of time online, which was also great for my country, because as marketing people or as corporations, um, sometimes using certain tools is something that's not highly adopted. So you'll find that um, you have companies that are in um, the social media space, but they either don't know how to curate their content, they don't know how to develop it, or it's just the shelf that's just sitting there, and much of the work still embraced by um, traditional media. So what we saw during that time, because there were these limitations because of the state of emergency, a lot of people, even the newspapers, had transitioned now into social media. So the conversation around having that platform, which is a much affordable platform, became even easier to have and to discuss um, with people at the time, with companies at the time. And that's when we developed um, this thing called, um, it was basically a COVID digital marketing um, proposal where we were literally, literally just making, um, we're just breaking even in terms of the, the funds that we were getting at the time. And because that wasn't sustainable and because of this knowledge now that we have about um, what's happening in the market, which companies are the pharmaceuticals, the ICT, there are certain ones who are just going well, going about this thing. Um, I had this long list when I went into my business of what I wanted to do. So biggest mistake of spreading yourself too thin. And I remember having an honest conversation with myself where I was just like, okay, we're now uh, till end of the year. Let's look at these things. Some have worked, but they're hardly sustaining. Um, yes, they're great for growing a portfolio, but they're not sustainable. Um, and on this long list, I'm just like, okay, each item, you're going to use the five W's and an H. I hope you're familiar with it. And it's your who, what, when, where, how. And it's you're going to go line by line and justify to yourself because that's how you need to justify to a client anyway. Justify to, your to yourself how you're going to go line by line and address this and what makes it such a great idea because now we don't have the luxury of these budgets and marketing is something that needs interaction with people um, from time to time. And I just saw myself cross out, cross out, cross out, cross out. And at the very end, I think it was 10, if not 11 items at the very bottom of um, my uh, list of things to try in the year was this ICT business. And that um, basically focuses on KYC. Um, it's basically a data um, repository for KYC for organizations that are mandated to um, carry out KYC, excuse me. 
So um, at that time, I'm like, I'm sitting with this lovely idea, right? Beautiful. Um, but I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the knowledge. I don't know the technical language. I, I don't know. All I know is marketing and I know how I can get it out and I know how I can pivot in the marketing arena. And that is um, the blessing that um, COVID came with as well, because then I started to do my research at um, industry. What's happening? What are the key conversations people are having in terms of you do your social listening? Um, at the time, the Data Protection Act was not even yet out in Botswana. And I thought to myself, if you're going to be collecting people's data, surely, surely you must concern yourself with them. Data Protection Act, whether there's going to be amendments at the time, but at least the meat of it, you understand it and you know what you're going into and the system is built around the laws that are regulating or governing that space. Um, so after I did all that, um, I then reached out to a few local organizations this side to see if, um, if they can, um, we have what um, IT hubs around here, um, who they can link me with. Um, at that point, I then decided, you know what, you're going to organize your knowledge. Because you have the idea, the knowledge is out there. So bring it all together under one roof. And it was quite an amazing experience because now I find myself having to work with men um, and in that group because I'm the one with the idea to the group. So you have your UI, UX people, you have your developers, you have your cybersecurity. And I was fortunate enough um, to get funding. And the funding was um, through um, uh, somebody who's near and dear to me. Um, and fortunately, he also is in the space of ICT. So when you're in these conversations with these men, what tends to happen is they want to somewhat mute you because you don't know the technical language or they want to mute you because you're the woman in the room, you know? So that lack of inclusion um, doesn't exist. Um, and it was great that it happened that way because that's where now you learn to have your voice and your voice to come out and speak confidently on, on certain topics and certain subjects, even if you don't know the, the know-how. Um, it's simple and it's easy to say to somebody, hey, take, take a step back, break it down into layman terms because you're dealing with the layman. This is the idea. This is what I want. What are you saying technically? And between the two of us, let's form into language together. So it was always great also to have that backing of somebody else who, who had the other knowledge, but who would also say, this is your project. You need to be firm with it. You need to stand up with it. Um, and that's what we need to do as women most of the times, um, because we like to talk in flowery language um, with each other, whereas men tend to be firm. So you find yourself there, you know, having to be firm um, with this group of men who are doing this thing for you. And just at the end of the day, just having to remind that, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why you're here. Let us regroup. Let us get back together. Um, so as much as you, I, and that's what I would implore people to do. Any woman who wants to go into business, don't let um, your idea or your, that second thought to be your limitation. Um, there's always a way around it in terms of organizing your knowledge, in terms of getting something started somehow. Whether you have, you don't have the knowledge, whether you don't have the facts, there's always a way to do it if you really want to do it. Um, and that's exactly what we looked into. Um, so at that time, it also exposed me to the global village. I've always heard the term global village, that the world is open to us. But because I was from an environment that's corporate, where everything is kind of given to you in a little hub, there are certain things that you don't get to explore by yourself um, as an independent. And um, that's when I then started to look 
on various platforms. A lot of my work that I do right now, both on the ICT side, as well as on the um, advertising side, on the marketing side, I have a lot of people that I work with um, who are from the SADC region, people I have never met face to face, but for some odd reason, the collaboration just comes together and it comes right and the quality surpasses um, what I would have ordinarily thought or what I would have never exposed myself to. And just like we're having this dialogue today, it's, it's, it's the premises of creating of that global um, village and having conversations that are available to us to have. Um, and I just want to mention something. I'm a first generation, right? This means that I am working to build the legacy for the generations that come after me and my family. So I don't have the luxury or perhaps the luxury is not a good word to use, but I don't have somebody who's handing down the torch to me to show me how things are going to work, you know? And because I don't have somebody who's showing me how things are going to work, um, I have to figure it out on my own. But I also need to give credit just because you're second, third or fourth generation does not mean we always know what's happening, especially with COVID when it hit us. Um, I think everybody that fair share had to figure out a way of doing certain things. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, that just because there's a torch being handed over doesn't mean it makes things any simpler. Um, so you can imagine the whole year trying to get business and the feedback and the budget um, that were going on. So the most important thing for me is that when it comes to business, my journey has not been the most easiest, the most simplest. Um, it still continues like that. And what we find is that on both um, spectrums, whether it's the marketing side or it's the ICT side, there's a domination or there's a saturation which is um, held by our male counterparts. And that should never be a thing that deters us from um, moving forward. And I think the most important thing that we need to acknowledge is that as we move into um International Women's Day month, which is next week, Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, on the 8th. Um, it's really important. And as the theme goes, um, gender equality today for a sustainable tomorrow. It's very important for us to be able to know how to assert ourselves, even in areas that we were never prominent or never recognized in. So whether it's a question of knowledge, that should never stop you. If the idea exists, there's always somebody with greater knowledge that you can learn from and you can be educated from like the journey that I just told you about with my ICT I went in with an idea where I am right now I know so much about that world I'm not an expert in the world but I know so much about that world that um to have a conversation that is informed um about that space about that regulatory space is something that I can do very comfortably to have that conversation about ICT and what goes in the mechanics that go into putting these softwares together and um, not necessarily the type of language that is used to do it, but the, the type of technicalities that go into it is something that I'm very sound with versus um, previously when I started when it was just an idea. So I implore people that, you know, don't be afraid to go in just because it's outside your space. Where finances are concerned, there's always a way. The only question is, are you willing to start? Because when you start, things just automatically just happen to find the way. It's the conversations that you're having with a friend over a dinner. It's meeting that person next to me. So my journey is just starting. But like I said, it feels like I've been in it for 10 years. And it's only because of the mentalness that um, 
the mental anguish that you have to go through in dealing with COVID um, and all that. But in terms of going and moving forward and learning to pivot, um, where ordinarily I would have focused on the one line because that's my strong point, I had to do a 360. And doing that 360 while keeping the other one, that's my strong point, has shown me that you know, we were, we were introduced to words such as um, essential services. And at that time, my category did not even fit into that, which means I'm shut out because the state of emergency came with, with its own fair share of regulation. So I'm shut out of that. And the minute that I'm shut out of that, um, we can't really participate. We're locked in. It was literally a lockdown. We're locked in. Now I've pivoted, uh, still keeping that company to a space that is a regulated space that doesn't shut down. It is required by businesses to carry out certain um, due diligence on their customers in order to ensure um, that they're fighting financial terrorism, um, whatever it's aligned to the act. So I've managed to pivot myself. Um, and that's what is very important when you are starting your journey. Don't be afraid to get out there. Don't be afraid to have the discussions um, and to just enjoy and assert yourself where you're in a crowd of men. Never hide from it. Be bold and speak um, proudly and boldly to them. So that's a little bit about myself and my background. Thank you so much um, for this opportunity. I will uh, then take questions. At the end of the day, um, the work speaks for itself in terms of um, what I do. So the challenges, they can come on. We just learn and we grow from that. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much, Ona. That was really um, insightful. Um, I'm intrigued to learn a little bit more about you personally as a lady um, within your family. You mentioned that you are first generation and you haven't had the um, the benefit or luxury of having had a previous generation pull you through the ropes and share knowledge um, on how to be a business owner. Um, but have you faced any challenges navigating um, the family and the confluence of the family with business? Yes. You know, the biggest thing with family is that when you go into business, they don't understand what you're doing. So, it, you know, even till today with my ICT, because it's still a baby crawling um, as much as the, the, the other uh, company more um, on its feet. Um, it's a question of what are you doing? Um, go back. <laughs> they don't understand. It's almost like the way they support you is by saying go back to the corporate space because that's where it's comfortable it's almost like that's the journey of life you you go to school you go to varsity then you find work you know and that's where we're supposed to be so the out of that system and you go out or venture out um on your own they it, it's really hard for them to understand it's not coming from a place of discouragement while it hasn't come from a place of discouragement on my part, it's come from a place of, hey, it's not working out, just go. Not realizing that the journey to into business takes its fair share, you know, it takes its time. So sometimes I sit back and I laugh when I look at them, um, looking at um, the agency side of the business and they're just like, oh, that's doing so great. And it's almost like they want me to stick there and then abandon the other side because there's, there's no touch point for it that they can say, hey, this is it. This is going great. And it's always having those conversations with them to say, give it time. Give me time. Um, and let me show you how this thing is going to be better than what you, you can't even imagine. And I can't, I can't sell my idea to you because you don't understand. And even if I show it to you as a tangible um, asset, you still don't get it. 
Um, so that's the difficult part in terms of family trying to understand it. Always, even with friends, they try to navigate. They'll send you like jobs, and you're just like, that's not where my mind is. Can we try and be together with where my mind is? Um, but I've learned to appreciate that. Um, and it's just basically the school of thought. It's what we were brought up with. Um, so to understand the journey, it is challenging. Sometimes you just have to retrieve um, to your own self. But I've also been fortunate enough to have friends around me who are also in business, entrepreneurs, um, more male um, more on the male side and you know when you have these conversations about the challenges and what's going on it, it, it you feel better about yourself you feel better that okay maybe i can give it another go tomorrow actually yeah we'll give it another day tomorrow let's put that newspaper aside because that's my journey that's me living out my true purpose excellent i was going to ask you um about whether you've had the temptation to seek a nine-to-five and how you've dealt with with that in the past um it was literally a thought for a day <laughs> it was literally a thought for a day because um in, it's almost like immediately I realized why I left you know it's immediately I realized why I left and yes it's not easy yes you're 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 set up with this um these proposals that are just breaking even and they're not sustainable and at the end of the day you have to live you know um but it is so much better to be in a mental space where as much as things are not coming together, I'll say financially, or as much as things are not coming together in terms of approach and like you are in your true purpose, even mm-hmm. just going to bed, having done that piece of research, um, for that expression of interest and learning one or two things and just ideating and sitting with like-minded people. There's just something so fulfilling about it that just made me shut that door anytime it tried to pop up. So it's popped up um, for a day, once or twice here and there. And it was always frustrating me to say, am I really going to do this? Let go. But I've never literally picked up my CV to update it, to, to go and apply. I've never got into that stage. Um, and so that if that's the case, how do you deal with, for instance... Um, the uncertainty of building businesses during COVID-19, um, how do you what, How do you feel yourself to keep growing as an entrepreneur? Uh, like I said, I have, um, I have amazing um, people around me, especially in the business space. And trust me, it's, it's been terrible on their end. But it's, it's, when you have conversations with people, you realize that you're not alone. You're not the only one. And when you ask, uh, because it's uncertain, Right. I went into it uncertain about anything um, that I really wanted to do, but I went in. And at the end of the day, it's not giving up. Um, I'm my biggest, I, I, listen, I'm my biggest bet. Um, if there's a bet that's going to be put out there, I'm going to bet on myself um, in terms of making it through and getting through. Yes, it's not guaranteed. It's a bet. Um, but at the end of the day, if I don't have the confidence within self and I seek it from somebody else, uh, it's not going to happen. It's not, I don't, um, I don't need validation from outside source to know that I'm good in a good space as much as the validation can come in terms of finances and all that. Um, it doesn't deter me from saying, listen, I'm going to that company. I'm going to knock on the door until they get tired of me. I want, And I always say to people, I'd rather have my no than have a company just go silent on me because I don't know if that's a yes or a no. Then I'll go on to the next. Should it ever come to that threshold, of course, where... Um, things are just not going right. Um, 
things are just, you know, we're three, five years in and this is just not it. Perhaps uh, because you need to know when to stop. Um, you need to know when to stop. But I've been fortunate that in the time of COVID, I found a niche. Um, and most companies were closing down at the time. Um, if you look around the market, just the newspaper, you see so many offices available. You're like, where are the people gone? You know, I have been fortunate enough that I found my little niche and that my niche is working well and that we're expanding on that niche in terms of the business model that we've put in place um, for that. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So I hear the, the importance of mindset. I hear the importance of connections um, and the importance of conviction, really. And as you're building your business and you're looking towards the future um what are your thoughts on what will be critical to ensure your business sells successfully into the future um part of my vision especially for the ict sector um is a founding niche that is a huge problem um I want to say across the African content, continent, but I'm going to safely say definitely within the southern um, region, uh, southern African region. And as much as it has not picked up in the manner that I would like it to pick up, I understand how it needs to pivot. I understand its legacy, if that's the word. I understand its legacy. I understand what needs to be done around it in order for it to ensure that it is sustainable for years to come. Remember, I'm operating in a space that is regulated right now. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, if anything, the laws on it will become more tighter, more restricted. So um, like I said um, when I was doing my keynote, is that I found a, a, a an essential service, you know, um, the essential service workers were the doctors during the lockdown. But I found an essential service that is needed, especially for regulated entities. So in terms of pivoting forward um, or moving forward, it's moving forward with this brand and showing um, organizations know they need it, but I think they need a better demonstration of how it works. Um, the one thing that I will admit that we struggle with, especially in my part of the world, you know, we'll talk about the rosy things like the fourth industrial revolution. But mm -hmm. if you go to a mall, for example, there's still queues, you know, just to get service from somewhere. Um, whereas most countries have adjusted something that done purely online. You get heavy pieces of paper that you still have to fill out. And you're just like in the world of, and that's what we had to do actually when we developed our system. It, are we ready for robotics and this artificial intelligence if really we're working from an Excel spreadsheet to the next thing, you know? And you have to be honest with yourself when it comes to these things. So looking at the landscape of the Southern African region, we already know how we can enter the market. It's just, of course, a matter of um, entering the markets. I'm not saying it's going to be the easiest thing, but the vision of it is a lot broader than um, being home or being in Khaburuni only or a service that's just, just for a certain region. Um, yeah. And how do you see um, scaling your business in terms of people, um, management of people, culture, et cetera? How are you bracing mm. for that? Uh, funny you say that because I'm, I'm, I've just, I'm currently in, employed uh, two people onto the team. And what we're seeing is 
because of the background culture and i'm just going to use a, a simple example because of the background culture wherever it is they were working at you'll find that somebody will struggle with email so for example you send an email and you don't get feedback um on time or it takes some time this is the an example so you now have to recondition that mindset to say hey we might not be company x or as big as company x but our company culture is a b c d because now we want to operate on a global market we want we we're not operate we're not here to operate just for botswana we're here to operate with the global community and some of the people that we work with are global community people you know you have people from your side region you have people in the united states that we work with so it's just conditioning some mindset um to be able to be a little bit more proactive um in terms of the small touch points so you find that somebody is very effective um in terms of their job and in terms of their delivery but there's just one or two touch points that needs to be switched and it's not an easy switch hey it's not an easy switch because you are conditioned to this the past 5 years you've been working like this so it's a habit that um you have and now we need to recondition that habit um in a very short space of time because now that habit is compromising quality that we have set for ourselves as a company so we're here we're not going down if anything we're going higher than the bar that we set um so yes that's how we're managing those um and it's ongoing discussions it's ongoing i think um trainings would need to be introduced at certain points uh but for now it's ongoing discussions um and helping somebody realize that that's actually a key performance in the, for our environment because if we do uh, a client call um just an appreciation call the last thing i'd want to hear is but you're terrible with emails or you don't answer calls and we see that you know uh we have stuff called consumer watchdog where somebody will go and say company x answer your phones and we don't want to become like company x because it's all too allowed or i don't know i don't want to use trendy as a word it's all too accepted um mm. and i don't think that's right mm-hmm. and going on from that um wanted to know have you had any challenges in leading your people as a female specific challenges you faced as a female or I had a challenge with the men. I must say I had a challenge with the men because um some of the people I was dealing with were from regions where culturally the women don't have a voice or the women have a place, you know. And I I didn't grow up like that. I I was taught to be vocal to speak what's on my mind. My country allows me to speak, you know. Um so when you deal with people like that, uh they were a challenge. They were a challenge um and at the time um i had to actually speak to um my uh the person who's financing my company uh, my investor at the time and just said you know this is what i'm experiencing with these people um i don't know what's going on here it's almost like i need to be shut and i, I said i need to i need to be shut down because i'm a woman it's almost like they need to say hey this is what you want take it or leave it and i'm like no i'm the client i'm the client and i'm not happy with what you deliver so take it back and you know and and he's from a first world country and he was just saying to me you know what you you just have to be firm with it you have to be firm with it because if you are not firm with it from the onset then you're setting a precedence or an example that it's okay for you to talk to me like this it's okay for you to um assume that your tone is okay for me right so that was very challenging because i've never had to be that stern um with 
anybody, especially a male counterpart. Like I say, women we always flowery with our with our um, conversations, but to be stern like that, and it needed to be stern like that, um, because in the absence of it, it becomes like a walkover. You're a walkover, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. We're here to build a business. I am a businesswoman, and I deserve the respect that I'm giving you as a service provider in my business. You're fortunate that I brought you into this idea. Now, where this idea goes um, or where it doesn't go, you may be part of the journey. But if you're going to be like this towards me, dismissive towards me, then you're not building a relationship with me. And I'm a firm believer of um, relationship building. So those were firm conversations that needed to happen. Um, I remember one time we even went off the roof. It just became unprofessional. And I just said, I got off that call and I just said, "Let, let, let that be the last time you address me like that. Or we can just part our ways respectfully, you know. And fortunately, I got an apology from that. But that needed to happen. Um, I don't know why it needed to escalate to that level. But also it needed to happen in order to understand that, hey, I'm not just a girl that you put in a corner, you know. Um, Mm. So that was very challenging. um, But it was lovely to experience because you really learn your voice um, from such such sessions. Mm. Mm. Really insightful. And what about dealing with, have you had any, have you had to deal with managing older stuff? Um, I really or haven't. The business associates, clients, etc. Mm, I really haven't directly, but I have had to work with them. And sometimes with them, their problem is the, the, the funny thing that I find, especially from where I am in my part of the world, is that we expect we expect certain behavioral changes because you're dealing with a new generation that's coming in. But what you're finding is that even this new generation that's coming in is adopting the habits of the old generation. So it seems like there is no cut in the cycle. So sometimes when you're dealing with people who are older than you and you genuinely try to bring something to their attention, now this is from a pro- corporate perspective more than it is from a business perspective, is they feel undermined by this young person, <laughs> you know? And, and we have this thing of there's no young person who's working. We're all equals in this in this space. There's no child at work. We're all equals, but they tend to forget. And I remember there was this one time, I don't know what had happened, um, but it was one of those where it's not a reprimand, but it was a reminder of doing something. And we used, they used the, the older um, um staff members used to be like no because you said that to me you owe me lunch and literally i'd see people going to buy these people lunch because it was a form of disciplining your wrong behavior in a workplace because you're not recognizing me as an adult and i always push back with that i'm like i'm not here to buy lunches i'm here to work and we're gonna have the structure if i'm reminding you i'm reminding you but if i'm not reminding you in the manner that you're accepting it then certainly teach me the manner that you'd like me to address it um, if it's too harsh, so that we have a communication that we both understand. So from the older generation, um, more from a corporate perspective, it was um, always feeling undermined by the younger rather than learning what could be new. Um, they have this, um, if it's broke, don't fix it, which I believe in, but sometimes it's just too broken, you know, it needs fixing, you know, and uh, they find that a little intimidating or a know-it-all type mentality when it's really not meant to be like that it's just collaboration and working together mm-hmm. um do you have any lasting words for the community um other female founders um, perhaps those that are just starting on their journeys as entrepreneurs 
absolutely um don't hold back don't give it a second thought you know the mind is such a dangerous place you know because we we i'm my own biggest critic so when somebody comes and already knocks me down trust me i've already done a bad job on myself and it's not the greatest of things to do right i use an analogy when i get out of bed in the morning i don't press snooze and the reason why i don't press snooze is because snooze allows me the opportunity to snooze <laughs> and then when i snooze i can snooze again and again and again and then you're 20 minutes late for the time that you need to wake up i literally jump out of bed like literally i just jump out of bed because i don't give myself the opportunity to start contemplating um why i need extra sleep and the minute i'm up i'm up you know and that's mm-hmm. how i would like them to think about their businesses or their approach to businesses literally if that thought is there and it's bugging at you and you've done your 5 h's and a w and you can see why it can service your certain niche your certain market it's not just a pretty idea um and you're willing to go test it out go and test it out even if you don't have the knowledge for it there you can organize knowledge you know the village the global village truly is open you are like a keyboard away from <laughs> talking to somebody um financially also in your country of, of where you're residing see if there's um it's not the easiest uh, for me where i live but there's certainly um um what you call these programs that are in place especially for women leverage on those um take advantage don't be like no i don't want to do i want to take advantage of those because that's how you also learn how to expand your network and um also have touch points here and there don't be afraid to talk don't be afraid to discuss yes we're always told that um move in silence but don't be too silent that people around you who can help navigate and if you're from a family that's um similar to mine where you're first generation um don't be too hard on them i always say the act of going into business is a very selfish act and then we expect people to rally behind us um because of the challenges that we face and that's also not fair on them but mm. they don't mean any harm if they're from like my family and uh, they don't mean any harm when they try to navigate you to some way in their head that's how they show love and that's how they want to say this you're better off secured in this space versus being in another space um move with them slowly touch you don't need to share a lot with them <laughs> just touch with them here and there to say hey i have a meeting with x that's it how did it go whatever they don't need to know a lot but don't let that deter you it's not a fun journey people mm-hmm. always think it's fun because we have time to wake up at a certain amount hey we really don't because they're not with us when we're burning the midnight oil you know so mm-hmm. it's 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 don't give up stay in there but don't let that second thought to get the best of you and stay resilient and where a man is in the room do not be afraid to sit up chest out and say your piece respectfully in order for your voice to be heard mm. wow thank you so much ona this has been just phenomenal um if anyone would like to get hold of you stay in touch with you how best can they reach you um you can reach me at info at addisonwestern.com and addison western is spelled a w i s o n western.com um otherwise you may reach me on my number plus 2677191835 we also have our website where you can also request um, a meeting with us awesome awesome thank you so much thank you so much and this is great i look forward to the other series yes.